literally just came alongside me and turned in. Wait, he press tested me. I like him for the roof. Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I am your host this week, Chris, and I'm joined as ever by Stu. Hello. And by Tom. Hello. Um, The top F1 news story on the internet right now is that Vettel's got a new paddle on his steering wheel, so you could say it's a bit of a slow news week. Um, (laughs) But we've still got a few things to talk about before we get into predictions for this weekend's Grand Prix in Azerbaijan. So I guess we'll just get stuck straight into things. Um, We've had some 2019 rule changes uh, announced. Um, I think they've still got to be officially ratified by the FYA at their fancy meeting in Paris, but they're basically guaranteed to happen now. Um, Probably the biggest one is an increase in fuel allowance for races uh, from 105 kilograms to 110 kilograms. Uh, the official statement on this said it would allow drivers to be able to use the engine at full power at all times, which <laughs> seems ambitious to me. Yeah, which means that they'll be able to blow up their engines every single race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it means they'll just be even faster for shorter periods of time and then still do fuel saving. Cause, yeah. I mean, there's there's just always been fuel saving. Yeah, because Formula be. 1. <laughs> Yeah, until yeah. there's not fuel anymore, there will be fuel saving. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll be energy saving because they'll be electric. The other thing is, like, is 5K going to make that much of a difference? I know it will obviously allow them to run at full power for longer, but 5K is not a huge amount of difference when yeah. you're talking about 105K limit as it is. It's not a huge amount, is it? Like, I was wondering, like, how much do they save, like, a few laps behind a safety car? Like, is that, like... A kilogram, a couple of kilograms, yeah, maybe not even that. Mm. That's um, I don't know the answer to that. No, um, it, it strikes me as a good safety car period that they they're getting back. That that would yeah. Looking at the looking at the proportion of what they're adding to compared to what the limit is, that probably sounds reasonable. Of like a, a safety car or two is maybe what they're gaining back. Yeah, because I guess historically, like you've heard um, over the team radio after a long safety car period, sort of drivers being told, okay, we're fine on fuel for the rest of the race now. So yeah. Yeah. I guess it might have that effect. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it just means we'll have less fuel saving yeah. messages on the radio being played out. Yeah, it feels like a cross. token gesture. I feel like you'd need a more than bit. five kilos to, to allow an engine to run at full power for the entire race. Exactly. Depending on the track. That's exactly what I think. I think that it, it will inevitably lead to more um, full pace racing, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't think that that five kilograms is enough of an increase to yeah. um, to be able to allow full power at all times, yeah. as they put it. Also, yeah. five kilos of extra weight in a Formula One car is going to do all kinds of damage to your tires. That that's the thing. Yeah, it's like. This that's obviously an optional thing. Like whether teams yeah. will actually, it might be that they all do the calculations and the extra speed you'd gain from that is outweighed by the um, loss in extra weight. So they yeah. might not yeah. even bother with the extra five kilograms. But the the good thing is 
about this is that it adds an element of strategy not only to the yeah, race totally. itself to the but to the engine production because it means that if you can produce an engine it encourages the the manufacturers to produce an engine that's very very economical because then they can yeah under fuel the car and get more out of that fuel that that is one other thing it said in the official statement it was something along the lines of it, it although it will allow them to use full power a lot of the time or more of the time um, it, it will still mean that well-made, efficient engines will still have an advantage over poorly made, less efficient engines, which yeah. is what you want, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. And yeah. just on the race strategy thing as well, it means that if you are if you know you're going to be running the midfield pack and you, you feel you might need that extra bit of power or you might need to turn the engine up that bit more than the cars at the front then you've got that option to go racing with the other cars which is not mm. a bad thing yeah yeah it's it's an interesting one um yeah. in in other weight news um <laughs> the car and driver weight are going to be separated out again uh currently the car and driver are weighed as one total unit and it's i did have this written down somewhere 700 and something kilograms um they're now going to make them two separate things that are weighed so the driver weight will have to be a minimum of 80 kilograms and any drivers who weigh less than that will have uh, ballast added uh, they just say it's adjacent to the seat mm. um the aims of that being partly to reduce the advantage that smaller drivers have over the likes of hulkenberg who's very much the tallest and heaviest person on the grid at the moment yeah. Um, and it also stops that thing we've had recently where drivers have been c- like cutting their calorie intake and trying to get their weight down because it's yeah. Yeah. an advantage to have a lighter driver, which is not what you want to see, really. No. How it is, has it taken them this long to come up with that rule? About to say something very similar. Like, it's <laughs> about time that... No, it's fine. But it is about time that they sort of... Like, it was such a pain for drivers like Button and Weber when these yeah. sort of rules with the weights brought the the weight so low that you know they were as much as for example jensen is like a fit in shape guy doing his triathlons and stuff he was so almost skin and bone at one point towards yeah. the end of his f1 career just because of yeah. how much weight he needed to drop to because of being a, a taller guy to be able to be within the limits that he needed to be so it, it's it's much better to see this i think where it's a, a split thing um mm. And it puts a little more onus back on the car designers to make sure the car comes under its weight rather than designing it around a driver that's lighter yeah. and making a driver lose weight. Yeah. I think that's a that's a much better way of of managing that entire yeah. setup. Do you remember we joked about um, where that ballast might be put a while back? Yeah. <laughs> But now we have yeah. the answer. Like it'd been funny. I, I, it would be funny to see drivers walking around with like overweight overalls, <laughs> just <laughs> hanging off them, just a belt around the waist yeah. with like lots, lots yeah. of one kilo Diving weights belt. attached to it. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other rule change they've announced is there that drivers are going to start wearing biometric gloves, which men, uh, measures their pulse rate and the amount of oxygen in their blood. Interestingly. Um, so they can be monitored in the event of a crash. Uh, they gave the example of when Signs crashed in Russia uh, a few years ago, and he went like underneath the barrier and was stuck under there for a while. I remember that. And yeah. they said, like in that situation, the medical team can't get to the driver and see what they could condition they're in. Uh, so with these gloves, they can at least then look back at what their kind of pulse was before, during, and after the crash, and kind of mm. use that to sort of try and assess the, yeah. the uh, state yeah. they're in. 
I can imagine your pulse would be pretty high after an accident. I would imagine so, one. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Though. This this feels like another one of these things that um, starts off life as a piece of F1 technology and kind of filters its way into sort of other everyday life type things. Yeah. Um, you can see kind of, I don't know. Steering wheels with sensors on them. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, that'd be interesting. And mm. then that could... Yeah, lots of them. Then, uh, then they could uh, post your blood pressure to Facebook from your <laughs> from your Mercedes S class. <laughs> Mercedes post to Facebook. <laughs> um, in other news, uh, McLaren are saying that uh, Barcelona is where they're going to be bringing their big big update. Um, they've obviously been struggling a lot with this season, although the points table says otherwise. Um, qualify in particular they're one of only i think three teams yet to reach q3 i think it's them sauber and toro rosso i believe are the only ones not to reach q actually no toro rosso have reached q3 haven't they yeah and yet mclaren are fourth in the championship yes <clears throat> they've been very lucky with the results um they were just over two seconds off the pole position time in bahrain um the race pace is much better luckily um but they are despite saying um, how good their chassis was <clears throat> the whole time they had the Honda engine now they have a Renault engine they are the slowest of the three Renault cars um, mm. and consistently one of the slowest cars in a straight line um, but they've basically admitted that all the issues they had in testing put their upgrade program very much behind schedule Yeah, they're, um, they're aiming for one lap pace with a lot of the upgrades yeah. I think as well aren't they to try and improve that qualifying position to be able to capitalise more on the good race pace which is what they need but it kind of backed up Alonso's strong opinion of the car after race one where he was saying this could be one of our worst weekends of the season yeah Um, I'm guessing he maybe knew what was to come through this and what was being held up and delayed yeah they must do I mean they've gone as far as saying the current car is almost a B spec of last year's car and it's what they'll bring in Barcelona that will very much be the 2018 car so mm. um, on the on the engine issues they had in testing which which put their program back so much um, did you know that Daniel Ricciardo's turbo problem was the exact same problem that McLaren had during testing oh really the one that yeah. put him out of um, practice, practice three. three in yeah. China interesting, interesting. Yeah, they did a great job of fixing that problem. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, they did it quicker than McLaren managed it, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, um, understandably. Yeah. Uh, also, interestingly, uh, I thought they, I think it was um, Zach Brown said that the car has hit all of the performance targets they set themselves before the season. So they're now thinking that they weren't ambitious enough in setting themselves performance targets. Which seems strange to me. Like, if this is what they were aiming for, that's not great. Like, they're very much yeah. one of the slower is, teams, especially in qualifying. Is it more that they were aiming for a marked improvement on last year's car? I guess so, which yeah. Which they may have hit and they possibly even exceeded to some degree. But because of the way that the rest of the grids also stepped up this year, it's not stepped them up as much as they need to 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 be competitive. Because they're in a much better position than they were previously. So I think maybe when you compare it to the, the last McLaren, it's 
it is a marked improvement, but it's not far enough of an improvement to be as competitive as they probably want to be in the rest of the grid. I think it's probably the best way of looking at it. It's an interesting comment, isn't it? Because you kind of... I mean, it sounds, to me, it smacks of a comment riddled with politics to me. It sounds yeah. like they, 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 he's, he's sort of doing what he can there to sort of big up the engineering team to say they've done their job. It's sort of putting a positive spin on a not great situation. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It sounds very spun, doesn't it? Sounds very Ron Dennis. Does. does. <laughs> He's probably got Ron Dennis on speed dial. <laughs> Another team hoping for big gains in Barcelona is Force India, who have been probably the disappointment of the season so far, um, other than McLaren, perhaps. Um, they've mm. said for a couple of races now, well, they've they've now said that basically from the final test in Barcelona leading up to Australia. They knew they had a very fundamental problem with their car that they couldn't work out. Um, It's very unstable going through corners, apparently. Um, They've now said they believe they have discovered the reason for it, which is an error in the um, wind tunnel and CFD data, which basically meant all their wind tunnel data wasn't aligning with the real world. Um, and I think their diffuser basically has some <clears throat> very, very big issues, which is making it not a nice car to go around corners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, idea. they are... No, not great. Um, so they're working on a fix for that, and they reckon they're going to have half a second a lap uh, come Barcelona if this update works as it should. Wow. Um, That's puts them right back in that midfield battle, really, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. Puts them to... Quite really in the thick of it, like in yeah. the front, uh, the front of the midfield battle, half a second, because that yeah. midfield battle is tight as you it's like. Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting discovery that. Um, mm. it, it shows you how sensitive cars are. The it shows you how easy it is to get it wrong. Um, an interesting thing yeah. that happened years and years ago with one of Adrian Newey's cars was he. Uh, was taking it to a particular wind tunnel uh, um, uh, 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 actually at the university it went to was using their wind tunnel and their wind Mm -hmm. tunnel was quite old and it had a wooden floor and um, they'd started using this new wind tunnel in tandem with the old one and they were getting vastly different results from both wind tunnels right and it turned out that the old wind tunnel had a the wood on the floor had bent Wow. It had bent down only slightly, but it had bent down a little bit. So obviously wow. that that creates a bigger gap between the floor and the car, yeah. and has a huge, huge, huge yeah. bearing on on you know the performance that you can see the cars getting. So it just shows you how easy it is to to how how small factors like that can can you know can come into testing and and make a huge difference to the performance of a car. Yeah, that's fascinating. It, it also comes back to, um, to put it into a, a sort of a real race scenario as well for people. It's like when somebody takes a little bit of damage on like an end plate of a wing mm. or a barge board on the on the car, things like that. It's, it's one of those many things that, unfortunately, you can't actually see the problems it causes. But yeah. it, it's it's a similar effect. Like, you know, that car is designed for a particular airflow to work as it should. And 
one little thing like that being out of kilter or damaged or broken off, whatever it might be, will completely alter the balance of the car, which is why it's sometimes in those scenarios you see drivers kind of maybe start struggling with the turn in after damage to the front wing because yep. that or, or turning in a particular direction if it's like an end plate on one side that's damaged and not the other, things like that. So it looking into things like that it does sort of give you an idea of how sensitive these things actually really yeah, are that's super 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 sensitive which is why um ross Bourne and his boys are looking into uh yeah. solving that problem yeah it's something that very much needs looking at mm. i always love it when um someone knocks off a front wing end plate pl- and then does the fastest lap the next lap and you can imagine yeah. all the aerodynamics going what yeah give me that front wing in the exact specification it comes back to the garage <laughs> stick a broken front wing in the wind tunnel see what happens <laughs> what else we got daniel ricardo um has obviously been uh, a popular man over the last couple of weeks after mm. his amazing win in china um and he's been letting it known at most opportunities that come up that he's uh still very much undecided on his drive next year um and basically saying that the win is nice but red bull need to show that they can build a championship winning car again to uh keep him next season Mm -hmm. um there's actually all being well by the time this podcast goes up there will also be a article up on our website um sort of using that as a starting point to try and figure out the 29 grid this early in advance um so if you head to back of the grid.com you should be able to find that and give that a read there um and let us know what you think and where you think people are going to end up um there's potentially an awful lot of movement i think from the little bit of research i did there's only two drivers on the grid who have a contract in place for definite next season so there's potential for an awful lot of movement. So, um, yeah. yeah. Let's know what you think people are going to do or where you'd like people to go and we'll see how much of Maybe uh, when it all shakes out, we'll see how accurate people were. This is a, this is an early, early se- silly season we're talking about, isn't it? Now? It's the yeah. earliest of silly seasons, but that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Now, now Ricardo's basically like saying, come and get me to all the big teams, which is just setting up everything else like a house of yeah. cards. Love it. Wow. Fascinating. Um, I'm going to bring back a feature now that we tried maybe twice, um, so I thought I'd do it again, and that's uh, what's Kimmy been up to on Instagram this week? I quite Ooh. enjoyed this feature last time yeah. we did it. It's, it smacks of not made for audio podcasting, but no. I still enjoy looking at it Kimmy also, Raikkonen's Instagram. It also smacks of slow news week, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Um, Are you looking so this, at his Instagram, Stu? Yeah. <laughs> so this, this week on Instagram, uh, Kimmy has jumped over an inflatable flamingo into a swimming pool. Yep, over I'm just about it. to watch the same thing. Yeah. Oh, why jump over it? Jump on it. <laughs> it's a good dive, though. It's a good, good distance. Dive. It is a very good dive, yeah. Proper upside down. Excellent. I bet that hurt his kidneys, though, slamming into it, the water, the way he did on his Body back. slamming the water. Yeah. Wow, go though. Kimmy. Great. Yeah, good job, Kimmy. <laughs> what are so, we yep, doing? That's, that's that feature. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Luckily, a few of you have written in and asked us some questions that I feel a bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump over to Inbox Box Box. Uh, Tom Austin Morgan. Hey, back of the grid, guys. What do you think of the proposal to take away the virtual garage at Team HQ's? Surely the cars are too complex to be monitored by just the pit crews at the tracks. Maybe putting a cap on how many engineers is a better idea. Um, so this is an idea being floated around 
again as part of the leveling the playing field a little bit for the 2021 regulations um a lot of teams have a sort of mission control center um back at their factories um and it's basically another engineering team that sits there and pours over data and stuff um and yeah they are sort of mooting the idea of either banning these or scaling them back to stop the teams that can spend lots of money on lots of people in these control centers um affecting the outcome of races what do we think Mm. of that it's interesting um who do we know which teams do and don't do it we can probably guess which teams do it (laughs) i think they all do it up to a point um but obviously the likes of mercedes and ferrari and red bull are the ones that have much bigger operation centers with lots more people yeah um see if cost spending and sorry if spending caps come into play as long as those things are governed under that spending cap that would see teams naturally cut back or have to make an important decision between what's more important that or something else um yeah so i think I think maybe saying you can't do that at all may be a bit of a stretch too far. I don't think I'd want to see that. But balancing a spending cap correctly so that it is a tough choice between do we have this virtual garage to monitor things in that much detail or do we have you know X, Y, and Z at a race weekend physically there instead and, and maybe having to make decisions between that and that mm. that would make it a much more interesting balancing act between the finances of the different departments that would maybe see some teams go in one direction and some teams go in another. And it brings you back to almost like a strategy element. It's it's like a new side to the strategy of how are you going to build the team and, and put the team together in yeah. order to keep the car fast on track. I think you're absolutely right there, Tom. I think mm. that if you weren't to cost if you were to just close down these team hq virtual garages then all the money you'd, you'd suddenly be left with a big wadge of money mm-hmm. that needs to exactly. be spent somewhere and that all that money would i mean it, to an extent it probably already is within teams but all that even more money would go into artificial intelligence and yeah. automating that process of yeah. monitoring that data in order to take people out of the equation and take mistakes out of the equation as well because we all know people make mistakes as Mercedes mm. showed us last race so if if there's no wages to pay then the money will go into research and that research yeah. will produce artificial intelligence and it'll it'll just be another way of solving yeah. the problem so you have to do it like you say you have to do it by putting a cap on how much money yeah, can totally. be spent there's no other logical way i don't think of doing it because an interesting take and it that i've not thought of that i uh read looking at this news story is that other than the actual physical working on the cars these sort of mission control centers basically circumvent the like curfews and working hours at the track because yes. mm. it's right saying you know you can you can stay at the track and work until 7 p.m but if you can just then send all that work back to somebody else in a different office and they can carry on working overnight mm. and then you take over in the morning, it kind of makes these curfews a bit pointless, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting one, that, though. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I Personally, I'd, loved, I'd, I'd quite like to see more money going into artificial intelligence because it's one of my favourite things. So. Yeah. 
Well, I guess we've got um, Robo Race coming up, which yeah. certainly does a big part of that, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm excited by that. Genuinely yeah. excited by that. I want to see, what they see where do that goes. That's mm. uh, Life um, right in to say drivers that have won the first three races of a season have always gone on to win the championship. And if Vettel wins in Baku, that'll be three from the first four. <laughs> Almost the same thing. <laughs> With that in mind, do you think Vettel will be caught if he claims victory in Baku? Yes, I think he will be caught because I don't think they can sustain a title charge in the same way. That's exactly what I was about to say. Um, Ferrari, if nothing else over the last five years or so, have proven that they can do a really good first half of the season. <laughs> they can do a really good implosion yeah. halfway through the season. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, look back at last year... Um, because they were right in that fight with Hamilton. Seb mm-hmm. was right there. And after um, Singapore, it just all seemed to fall apart bit by bit. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't think that as as much as a lot of these things usually work out in the long run, I think in a season like this where you're coming towards the end of an engine formula and everyone's catching up with each other and, and these cars are looking a lot more close together now, I don't know if you can take something like that for granted. And and like you say, you know, Ferrari have got a little bit of a history of finishing weaker than the start. So um, Hamilton's still only within nine points point. of Vettel, remember. He's still right behind him, even though he's not won a race yet, mm. which is yeah. <laughs> mad, really, when you think about what Vettel's done. So Yeah. Which actually leads us really nice onto our next question. Did you want to... Uh, well, I was just going to say that um, at one point last season... I think Vettel had a whole race in hand yeah. worth of points against. Yeah, uh, yeah it just Hamilton. shows how quickly you can turn. Yeah. Um. Finally, at Faisan underscore Chow on Twitter. I hope I've said that mm, right. That's a new uh, one. Do you guys think Hamilton could take his first victory in 2018 at Baku? Um. Absolutely, yes. Why not? Can he? Yes. Will he? Hmm. He needs mm. to get his head in in order, doesn't he? If he's gonna. Yep. He needs to get his head in the game. He needs Mercedes to do everything right. I've got a little interesting factoid regarding <laughs> Mr. Hamilton. Uh, I'd, I, just, a oh, li- yeah. just a little one, just yeah, a little fun size one. I don't know if it is a little fun size one or not, but <laughs> did you realise that finishing in the points last race saw him get his 28th point finish? Um, and did, it's yes. now the longest streak of anyone breaking Kimi Raikkonen's, which was 27, from when he came back to the sport and was at Lotus. Yeah, it's the longest point scoring streak in the history of the form yeah, of, of the sport. Is that 28 right? races. Started yeah. back in 2016, I think it was Japan. Uh, it is. And the, the thing it's... is, at the moment, it looks like he could, even if he's not winning races, he could quite easily tag a few onto that. I think. Oh yeah, he could yeah, smash totally. it as long as he doesn't get any retire. You know, all yeah. it takes is one wipeout though, when you're and you're out of the game. <laughs> and we all so, know yeah, what happened in, in Baku last year. <laughs> yes, we do indeed. But you know what? It's, it is consistency yeah. that wins championships, and if he can still be scoring that consistently while Mercedes are having a a tricky period at the moment, you could say. Yeah, it's these races that we could look back on to say this is exactly, what and I think that the current yeah. driver's standings probably is 
indicator of that, like the fact that he is still so close behind Vettel, despite mm. Vettel having such better results. Um, yes, so I know obviously that's been impacted a little bit by what went on in China between him and Verstappen, um, knocking him so <laughs> much further behind Hamilton, but Hamilton was having an off weekend and he came out of that with a, a closer gap to Vettel by the end of it, so... It's yeah. it is things yeah. like that, like you Somehow. say, that will ultimately win your championships. And as much as I think some people don't like Mr. Hamilton, I think that there's things like that that you have to take an element of respect towards him for, for sure, even if you're not a fan of his from a racecraft yeah. point of view or anything like that. Yeah, that and a whole lot of luck as well. Yeah, yes. like, you know, being with one of the best manufacturers on the grid helps a, a lot. That'll help, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that'll, that'll do but, it. <laughs> you know. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, shall we then? <laughs> speaking of Baku, shall we move on to our predictions for Azerbaijan? Yes. Do you want me to talk for a bit, Chris? I, yeah, uh, do it. Take the reins. Why not? It's my favourite thing. This I do. I do really enjoy <laughs> the predictions. But uh, who wants to go first? Whose turn is it to go first this week, guys? Don't know. Um, the first grid. <laughs> <laughs> that, that means it's me, doesn't it? I guess I'll go first then. Okay, Chris. Um, the Pole position before penalties. Let's just have a quick look back to last year, shall we? I can uh, help you with that. Year, that was Mr. Hamilton. Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes front mm-hmm. row, Hamilton Bottas. Um, Raikkonen out qualified Vettel as well last year. Mm. I am going to go for Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay, let me just navigate back to the correct. I was going to say it's hard to look past that Mercedes engine. Um, on that giant straight but then again if you look at the current pecking order in formula one mercedes the only mercedes engine team doing well like Mm. a lot of the slowest teams right now also have mercedes engines so it's it's maybe not quite the force it used to be but yeah yeah even so i'm sticking with hamilton so the williams and the force india both yeah languishing down the grid at the moment although i feel that's probably more car issue well obviously Force India we know it's car issues from what they've said Force India looks set to change imminently Williams not so much (sighs) don't even know what's going on with Williams right now well I'd tell you what's going on they've got two drivers who aren't old enough to be driving the cars I think (laughs) not experienced enough I should say to be driving the cars yeah for more on that visit backofthegrid.com and check out our article on the 2019 grid yes great great plug Uh, Tom (laughs) who who is going to be the on pole position before penalties um I think that this should be the weekend that Lewis turns starts turning things around anyway and, and maybe starts picking things up, so I'm going to go with a Lewis Paul as well. Hamilton Paul, okay. Um, I feel a bit like something's happened to Hamilton's car and he's lost a bit of confidence in it, and I don't think they're going to have solved it before Azerbaijan. So I'm going to... And Raikkonen has been fast... But I'm not going to say Raikkonen because... <laughs> oh, I, see, I knew he did say Raikkonen. Because, well, Vettel out-qualified him um, at, the, at the last... Vettel can just find that bit extra that Raikkonen can't. Yeah. So, so if yeah. you're going to bet... For me, if I was always going to bet on who out of those two is quickest, it'd, it'd have to be Vettel. Um, I feel like the Ferrari is genuinely faster than the Mercedes at the moment, so I'm going to say Vettel. Uh, Tom, who's going to win the race? I'm... St- it's a really it is hard, very difficult. Um, Bottas looked very good last year until Ricardo just kind of tore everyone apart. 
Um, yeah. And Bottas, I think from memory, got knocked backwards a little bit, didn't he, by some incidents and had to work his way yeah, back through the field. So, yeah, finished third. I've, no, he took second on the yeah, line, didn't he? he oh, not, second he on the line, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Stroller to do a shoey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Lewis just because I think that with an incident-free race, he's probably got it in him to win that. Car and him combined. Yeah, yeah I am... Um, on your, I'm not going to be tactical. I'm going to be on your side on this one. I'm going to say Hamilton as well, since I've actually got the points lead in our championship, haven't I? I think you have actually. Nice. Yeah, that's no, nice point for you to be able to brag about that. Yeah, thanks. I You're mean, welcome. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying Hamilton as well. I'm going to keep saying Hamilton until he comes good. <laughs> good. The first week, I don't say Hamilton to win. He's going to win. So yeah, that that was my tactic last season. And yeah, I didn't do that great somehow. But anyway, <laughs> uh, first DNF, it's my turn to go first. Oh, it's a tough one. Um, Last year it was one, Jolie and Palmer, followed yeah. by Kvyat. Followed by Verstappen. Um, I am going to... Oh, Kvyat, they had a rubbish off, didn't he, last season? He just... Yeah. He, he drove into his teammate, yeah. didn't he, last season? Oh, it's forced him forced him off track. Uh, I'm, I am procrastinating trying to make a decision <laughs> and I'm going to say well can't say Kvyat or Palmer because they're not in it anymore <laughs> um, it's going to be a rookie isn't it because it's that sort of track uh, I'm going to go Hartley again sad sorry sorry Brendan there we go okay. uh, Chris your turn I'm going to go I'm going to go with the other Toro Rosso. I'm going to say Gasly. Gasly. <clears throat> I feel like I say Gasly for first DNF a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was me that went for that last week, wasn't it? So, mm. Who are you going for this, this week, week In a similar way that I went for Gasly going from highs to lows last week, I'm going to go for Stroll going from podium sitter last year to first DNF mm. this year. Nice. Overconfidence. Stroll thinking I know my way around here I've got a podium here and just a silly mistake that's a really good that's shout, how man. Wall of Champions got his name my friends yeah uh, and it is Chris's turn to go first for a number of finishers last is, um, season how many do we have 14 last season 14? only 14 last season I, 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 I hazard that we would get more than that this season just on reliability they get, they've, been, mm, they've been quite low mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go s- 16. <laughs> Sticks my first answer. 16. Okay. It's be 15 now. Uh, and then it's Tom's turn. Um, dare say 15. I don't know. It's it's a tight street circuit, isn't it? Um, with a, couple, a fair few people that haven't been there before. Oh. Yeah, there is that. 14. I'm going to. It's, Ooh, it's yeah. risky because that's quite a lot wow. of cars to go out. I'll tell you but what, that's. It's it's one heck of a race. It only takes three well. rookies to make silly mistakes I mean, and tangle up with somebody year. else. And that's six mm. gone. Well, I'm going to go in between you two and say 15. Yeah. That seems like the logical thing to do, just to add a bit of variation <laughs> into this <laughs> scenario. Uh, finally, Tom, a random driver. Chris, can we have a random driver, please? We can. And it is 
Ooh. These ra- this random number generator is giving us some corkers at the start of this season. It's Ricardo. <laughs> oh. Ricardo. Oh. The, this season, the random drivers have been Van Dorn, Vettel, Räikkönen, and Ricardo. This is hard. Ricardo. Last year's winner. Have I got to go the first Badger. as well? Yeah, you your turn to go first. Oh my lord! Um, this see, in no offense to Ricardo, but it really depends on what goes on in the race because he's either going to yeah, end up does. like sixth or first. <laughs> so, which do I pick? <laughs> I'm going to say fifth. Fifth? Mm. Ooh. Uh, where did he come last season? Oh, he won it last season, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got it in it too, but it was a, such an incident-packed race that there's there's no conclusions to be drawn from last season, exactly. is there, really? No. Um, ah, that's a tough one. I've, I'm going to say... Oh, fifth's a good guess. Is it? I reckon he's around the fifth, third, fourth, fifth mark, isn't he? Um, I'm going to go fourth to be different from Tom. I already had fourth in my head, so I'm going to say that to fourth not as well. be different to you. To not be different from me. There we go. Yeah. Um, so that's everyone's predictions. Uh, remember, you can pre- you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com and there's a prize every week for anyone who gets a clean sweep as well as a prize for the season champion. Um, entries are open right now and they will close when qualifying begins on Saturday. Uh, yeah, and please get involved. We've had... A whole lot of people entering this year and it's been awesome so please give that up um and if you've not entered yet there's always a prize to be won every week so don't feel like you're too late to the party to join in um and i think that's pretty much everything this week isn't it i think so yeah um, i'm amazed we've stretched it as long as we have given how little's yeah. happened yeah <laughs> um, um good i work. suppose the only thing left to do would be to mention that if people want to get in touch on a weekly basis and send us things for the inbox box section for example or just general opinions then we're on twitter which is at back of the grid f1 you can find us on facebook by searching for back of the grid Uh, we're on instagram at back of the grid and you can head to the website we've mentioned a few times and there's a little contact form on there that you can submit as well yep and don't forget to like share and subscribe to the podcast it you would not believe how much it helps us and also, if you're on iTunes or Facebook or Google Play or, or anywhere you are, give us a little review. That's also incredibly helpful. Yeah. Wherever you find podcasts and leave reviews. Yeah. Uh, if you want to contact any of us, uh, <laughs> Stu is on Twitter at Stu underscore PX. Tom is at TomKing89. And I am at TNM Chris. And that will do us for this week. So thank you very much for listening. And we will speak to you again after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.